I'll give you another example. Is one of my clients was trying to penetrate a major Silicon Valley uh, manufacturing company. They didn't have a single contact in that company. But I showed them that by posting something on LinkedIn, tagging the CIO, the chief information officer that they wanted to influence, they were able to share a post, tag that person, and because of that, that individual noticed this sales rep and noticed their solution and ended up buying a multi-million dollar piece of software from that sales rep. And they use LinkedIn as a way of introducing the concept to somebody they had never met. Hey, this is Phil Yano with the Tech After Five podcast. You know, there are some people, I'm sure you've noticed, that simply know how to use LinkedIn better than everybody else. I mean, when I look out, I think there are guys out there, I mean, and they're particularly executives, I'm thinking of guys that are way up inside of IT companies that are really know how to rock and roll LinkedIn. And I think they must be getting great results out of it because I'm impressed every time I look at them. So, uh, I thought I would like to be like that. My guess is that you would like to use LinkedIn like a boss. And so we've got an expert here with us. But before we get to our expert, let me introduce my co-host. I got Scott Pfeiffer sitting right here next to me. I'm always glad to be here, Phil. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, we're glad to have you. And thank you for bringing along your friend. And I've got to say, the guy whose name, who's probably shown up in our podcast more than anybody else in prior episodes, we actually have the real Richard Bliss is sitting here with us. I, I may have mentioned once or twice. <laughs> it's a drinking game. I'm convinced that there are people who have a drinking game talking about, well, when are they going to get around to mentioning Richard Bliss in the podcast? But Richard, we are honored to have you here with us. <laughs> oh, my God. How am I supposed to respond to that. Gentlemen, what a pleasure to be here. I really am honored because I've watched the growth of this podcast and its success, and I have just watched from afar. And so I'm thrilled not just to be on the show, but to be present on the show, to be sitting here at the table with you. So this is exciting for me. Yeah, this is this is excellent. I'm glad that we were able to somehow make this all work out. Travel schedules, etc. Since you're a guy from far away, um, we get to have you here with us. So here's the thing, Rich. We got a problem. We want to solve this one right away. We know you. Not everybody else does. Tell folks what they need to know about Richard Bliss. I'm Richard Bliss. I'm the founder and president of Bliss Point Consulting, a consulting practice based out of Silicon Valley. I have two main clientele that I work with, mostly with CEOs and executives in the tech space, but also with sales teams that are looking to leverage social selling using LinkedIn particularly. I was recently named one of the top 10 voices on the LinkedIn platform in 2019 in the category of sales, something that came as an honor. And I did not even realize that I had was in the running, but it was something that I certainly appreciate for the contribution that I've been making as I share and teach others how to use LinkedIn to be effective. So executives, sales executives in particular, this is your space. I mean, this is what you do day in and day out all the time. You know, it is. It is something that I do all the time. I'm, I'm, we're here because one of my clients is based out of Raleigh, and I was able to come out to Raleigh. This will be my third time in four weeks working with some of their sales teams. But yeah, it, it's, it's what I do. And what I've discovered, it's actually a unique it's a unique niche because everybody's heard about LinkedIn. A lot of your listeners have been through LinkedIn training of some kind, but there's two types of LinkedIn training that mostly happens. And that is, how can I make my profile look better? Because I want to find a job. And how can I become more influential? Because I want people to know about me. And, and what I do is I step in and say, no, LinkedIn is a tool. This is what I say. You used to look for a job on LinkedIn. It's now where you do your job. The platform has changed so much that it's such a 
vital business tool that it's incredibly important that you have mastery over it. Yeah. And the thing is, we know, right, as we look around, there's a lot of people doing different things on LinkedIn. Some of them are, seem to be really effective and some of them are just but they're wasting their time on the tool. Absolutely. And we don't want that to have happen. But, you know, and we, you know, we start with the idea here, right? Use LinkedIn like a boss. And we really are saying if you are performing at the top level like these executives who care very deeply about how they look and what they do on LinkedIn, who use somebody like you to make sure they are not wasting that opportunity, you can get some pretty incredible results out of this, right? You can. And, and you bring up a really fascinating point, and that is most executives really struggle with this. Most executives aren't comfortable on LinkedIn. And this is one reason I have a job is because as I step into the role, I help executives overcome three myths that almost all of them have. Myth number one is they don't feel that they have the time. That's the number one reason I hear all the time. I don't have time for social media. Number two is they, it's all vanity metrics. I don't care what the Kardashians had for lunch. I don't really want to pay attention to them. And then number three is, which shocked me, is that many of these executives really wonder if they have any relevant, anything relevant to share. And when I step in and start talking to them, I'm helping them understand that they do have something to share and it's important that they step up, but it's, it's not easy for them. And it's just like, I know that it's not easy for other individuals. It is very hard to be successful on LinkedIn. And there's many reasons why, but a couple of them happen to do with the bad habits that we learn from other social media platforms. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I know Scott and I are going to think alike on this, but is that a lot of times when people say, I don't want to do LinkedIn, they've told themselves one of those three myths. And that's how they avoid doing the work that might actually be helping them. Absolutely. I did training on on Friday, actually, where uh, somebody walked out of the room because they were convinced that social media was not something that they needed to, be, to deal with. And they were just dis discounting it. Yeah, I bet you hear that all the time, right? This is a waste of time. I don't care how many people like or follow me. It doesn't matter to me. So what do you tell those people? How do you convince them that using LinkedIn as a tool uh, is something that they need to know how to do in this day and age and is important? And what do you tell them they can achieve? One thing that I tell them right up front, your inability to master a 21st century communication tool calls into question your ability to lead a 21st century organization. And that is a direct quote. I think that's exactly right. I tell them, you don't want to be that executive that can't figure out how to put paper in the copy machine. And we do we remember that, right? We remember when those machines, and that's how you and I met, is that I was here in this area working with lawyers and law firms, helping them understand this new thing called email and how to do technology. And now it's just another version of that. And it tends to be a certain demographic that really struggles with adopting this. Yeah. So, and, and again, the story they're telling themselves is, well, I'm not even sure this really matters, right? I mean, right. this isn't important. You know, that whole vanity metric thing, I get it. I mean, let me just, I mean, I, in my real life say, I don't know that I need a whole bunch more friends. You know, I'm just looking for customers, right? But you are helping people get on that path to making those relationships so they get more and better customers. I do. Like I said, uh, I it's not where you look for a job anymore. It's now where you do your job. And that is one of the toughest things for me to help these executives overcome is, is, is I asked them, if I told you I could put you in front of a thousand of your customers and you got 20 minutes to stand in front of them on a stage and tell them whatever you wanted, would you take that opportunity? Absolutely. They said every day. Yeah. That's called LinkedIn, right? 
step out, tell and share your story. But that it's, is so powerful. Your story right there. I mean, I just like whack hit me right? like a hammer in the head. So I'm sitting there thinking, I charge people thousands of dollars in order to stand and talk to people for 10 minutes at a time, right? And they willingly pay it because I've curated that audience. You're kind of helping them do that on their own online. On their own to build that brand, to let them let their voice be heard. One of the biggest challenges there's a lot of challenges, but two, one, we're not comfortable talking about ourselves. No one is. And this becomes very awkward for them because then it sounds like self-promotion. Two, especially with the organizations I work with, executives are used to having their voice filtered and monitored and sanitized by a marketing and PR team. So when you see a quote in a press release, you, the three of us know that that executive did not write that quote. They probably right. didn't even say that. They didn't even know they said it. I, I'm listen, I've been that PR guy where I said, is it okay to say you said this? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I got quoted once and somebody came at me and I said, I, I didn't I didn't say that. I, my PR person wrote it. And so yeah. that is exactly the challenge that they're faced with. Is suddenly there's no filter. Yeah. There's no net. That And this causes fear. And fear causes anger. And anger causes a rejection of the very thing that's causing the fear. And that is their unwillingness or uncertainty of using this new communication platform. And yeah. that's what happens. All right. We're absolutely going to get to the how we get about doing yep. this. But I'm, I know you must have some stories in your toolkit about folks who have you know, been that person that said, this isn't for me. This isn't going to work. I don't want to do this. And you get to encounter them. Somehow you convince them to get started and it's transformative for them. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I've got a couple. Transformative would be probably the biggest one uh, for me is a gentleman by the name of Tom Mendoza. If anybody's ever attended uh, Notre Dame University, it's the Mendoza School of Business. It's the same Tom Mendoza. He lives at the Plaza in New York. He is a he is a well-known uh, industry, tech industry executive. So th that's all code for he's done pretty well for he's himself. He's done pretty well for himself, yeah. right? He regularly speaks at Stanford. He travels. When he and I came together and met, he was looking for something more. He'd just come back from a trip to India, spoke to 10,000 people, and realized that no matter how many miles he flew and how fast he traveled, he wasn't going to catch up. And so I helped him to start catch up means he could talk to two. Uh, how many did you say? He's 10,000. He spoke to 10,000, but India is kind of big. 10,000 is a drop in the bucket. Drop in the, and he even said he missed a billion, right? right? He came back and realized he missed a billion. How was he going to fix that? Now, that sounds like he was open to social media. He wasn't. What he was open to was he and I working together to help craft his stories and put them out there on blogs and articles, Forbes and those type of things. I sat down with him and said, Tom, you need to get on social media, Twitter and LinkedIn. Why? You know, got to have a good answer. He says, I don't care what the Kardashians had for breakfast. And this is where that quote I used earlier came from. Why am I on Twitter? And number two, I have a job. Why would I be on LinkedIn? I don't need a job. Well, as we work together, two things happened. One, I would recommend you go follow Tom Mendoza Talks on Twitter because he is prolific talking about sports and activities. He's very involved with the NFL and very involved with sports and, and Notre Dame and politics and a wide range of topics that are very interesting. When he got quoted by ESPN, he was so excited, he even told his wife, ESPN just quoted my tweet. What'd you do wrong? No, 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 I didn't do anything wrong. On LinkedIn, that was the big challenge because he didn't see any value. He is, he's there. He doesn't need to meet, make more friends. He's got plenty of friends. Right. But as time went on, as I helped him find this story, his voice to tell those stories on LinkedIn, 
when he retired in June from NetApp, he's the it was the vice chairman at NetApp. Four hundred and fifty-three thousand people read his retirement letter in a week. Four hundred and fifty-three. The corporation that he worked for even admitted there's no way they could reach the scope of his brand on social media because it had become so big it far outstripped. The company he represented was a $6 billion a year company, and they admitted that their social media efforts paled in comparison to what he was able to do to put his story out there. Yeah. So, I mean, just shy of half a million people in a week. In a week. Read his letter. So if he had something to say, he certainly had audience for it. He right? did. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, for him, that allows him to reach out to folks that he just, I mean, he wouldn't have thought he'd had... True. Now, no, we're not living at the plaza in New York. We're not having business right. schools named after us. But the point here is, is that we have the ability on LinkedIn to build our brands in such a way that it causes our brand to extend far beyond anybody we could possibly meet in person. I, I, That's I, the thing. I, I think a, lo a lot of people miss that idea. I mean, I want to oversell it, but the fact is, you know, I spend a lot of time in front of a lot of people every day. And I realize that number is still between the thousands and tens of thousands any day, depending on if I'm doing a radio or TV hit or something that day, right? But that's just that bit. But those things that we do on LinkedIn can live over time and continue to reach audience days and weeks later. And it's just, like you said, it's just it's an opportunity to build a tribe. And it's an opportunity that's as big as difference from the 10,000 to a billion that Tom encountered. You know, we, we interact with 100 people a day, yet there are thousands that we can influence. And it's not just customers, it's people we work with, it's partners, it's people we've worked with in the past, it's our team that we lead or the people that lead us. There's all kinds of ways this starts to interact. I had an individual uh, who was utterly convinced that you shouldn't be putting anything out there on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, unless it was ex exclusively from your business. He didn't share anything about himself or anything. I said, well, would you share something with me now? He's like, yeah, I'd probably. And then I said... What's so magical about the three feet that are separating you and I right now that you suddenly would tell me something simply because you've been in the same space and time that I've been in for a brief amount of mo time? There's nothing magical about this moment. Now, can I tell you what I think that might be partly? I mean, and it, you know, because you've talked about people having trouble figuring out what they want to say or if yeah. they have anything worthwhile saying. Again, even people with large, significant organizations. Um, it's really different. It, the, the issue is, like, if I'm here talking to you, right, and if I were the person that was reticent about that, right, if I'm here talking to you, I can kind of get a sense of this. You nod. We all get that, right? But it is really different for me, and I think about when I'm standing in front of a TV camera and I look in, it's just blackness, right? And LinkedIn can be that blackness, it can. right? And just you just don't know. Is this working? I don't know. I don't, is, I don't know. Is this thing on? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that is, and I think that's part of it. And so we have to get over that bit, right? And that's kind of what you're coaching people to do in your practice is to get over that bit of looking into the blackness and but, saying it's okay. But you've stood on stage, and yeah. you know that when you're on stage and those lights turn on, you can't see the audience. It's super intimidating the first few times you go do that when you know, you know, there's 3,000 people out here and I can see 20. 
of yes. them. And I and I you have to train yourself to say it's okay to look into the black. I'm I'm comfortable, you know, and you have to be comfortable with what you have to say. You have to be comfortable that the audience came there to hear it and just talk. But the thing is that's natural on LinkedIn. I don't think people get that. That's correct. And that's that's what you've just said. It's you need to understand that it's comfortable that you have something to say and they've connected with you because they're interested in what you have to say. And yeah. that Scott, yeah. you had a So Richard you know, our audience here, maybe they've listened to the podcast and they've gone and they've they've gotten their profile to look good. So they got they like their their LinkedIn profile. They've listened to our five mistakes to avoid with your profile. They've come to a tech after five. They've done the LinkedIn anywhere and they've connected with a whole bunch of other tech guys in the area. But now they need to effectively use LinkedIn yep. as a tool. Yeah. And that was our thing. We said, we want to use it like an executive. So I'm guessing you've got a plan. you got something. You could share a few of those ideas with us. So how do you get them started? How do you get them using it? I mean, I want to be that cat that you know gets half a million views. What do I have to do? There's three phases to it. Phase number one is something that you just identified, Scott, and that is master the tool. Learn how to become comfortable with using LinkedIn. And if you're not comfortable with LinkedIn, go learn it somewhere else on Twitter or Facebook where people aren't paying attention, where you can kind of experiment and play around. Once you've kind of figured out how to use the tool, number two is you start building your audience. And this building your audience means you start need to, you need to start using the tool in a fairly regular cadence. So let me just explain something to you about the LinkedIn algorithm. We've gotten this far, and he's not said predictable, persistent presence. Yes. Predictable, persistent presence. Okay, <laughs> you, you know hear, it's in there. But he yeah. used the word cadence, and I thought, well, that's even better. I yeah, like so that. it's a so, cadence. Predictable, yeah. persistent presence. You've heard it before. I, I, and what that means is people should anticipate your information. They should be able to find it everywhere, and it should be shown that you've been doing it for a long time. Those are social proof points that say this person knows what they're talking about, which means if suddenly you have something to say, and you've never taken the time to build an audience, actually share content in the past about whatever, flowers, gardening, barbecuing. It does matter. You can't quite go that flippant. But you have to have shared an, uh, some type of cadence over time that's, that people can see that you're in this for the long haul. You've been doing it for a while. But let me give you an example how LinkedIn applies to that. People show up to your tech, uh, tech after five, right? They all connect on LinkedIn. Something special happens, unlike any other social media platform. For the next week, you have seven days. For the next seven days, LinkedIn is going to treat those individuals differently than any other connections they have. Because LinkedIn's algorithm says, oh, you've just connected with a new person. Let's see how important this person is to you. So that algorithm will watch your interaction for the next week and will take any content you post and make it a priority in their feed to make sure they see it. And then the algorithm watches to see if the person, so you and I, Phil, let's suppose you and I just connected on LinkedIn. We've right. known each other for a long time. Let's suppose we just connected on LinkedIn. For the next week, anything I post is gonna show up in the top of your feed. My goal is to get you to interact with it, like it, comment it, share on it, right. anything. If you do, LinkedIn says, ah, this is a valuable relationship. Treat this one differently from now on than all the other mediocrity relationships that you have. Wow. I did not know that. For a week. You've so, I mean, that's, I mean, 
you know, we talk about follow-up all the time. We're doing this actively. You know, tomorrow night I'll be in Charleston and we'll have, you know, 100 people in the room and all the folks get connected in there. But, you know, now one more thing to point out to them that for the following week, there's an opportunity to really cement that relationship. There's an opportunity. Now it goes a step further because then you have, so that's your week, but there's a golden hour. Now this is why this week is why I tell people you have to have a weekly cadence of content. Because every week you meet somebody on LinkedIn. And if you don't post content, that opportunity's lost. You gotta keep the content coming. Number two, and it doesn't have to necessarily have to be a post, it can be a comment, it can be anything. Number two is you have an hour. When you post something on LinkedIn, you have one hour to get LinkedIn's attention. And what that means is, is let's suppose I made a challenge to your listeners. And here's a promise I'm going to make them. As they're listening, if right now, this moment, wherever they are, they were to stop and write a short post. When I say short, it can be four lines, five lines. It has to be more than three lines for another reason. The algorithm will give them more value if it's longer than three lines. Four or five lines, maybe two paragraphs, text only, no external link. They don't have to connect to the podcast, no picture, text only. Write up what they just heard and how they responded to it. And then get five to 10 comments within the first hour. The LinkedIn algorithm will watch for that first hour to see if your content actually is worthy. And if you can get five to 10 comments in the first hour, the LinkedIn algorithm will guarantee that they will share your post with at least 1,000 to 1,500 people in the first 24 hours. Hmm. So, I got a young man who was in my training in December. He had 35 connections on LinkedIn. He'd just come out of the university. Travis was his name. I laid that down challenge down to him. I said, Travis, you do what I just said? So he posted something. It was about home brewery. He had a home microbrew. He posted that. I'm like, oh, you could have posted something else, but okay, that'll work. And then amongst his teammates, he just asked them to make a comment on it, what they thought about that. And so they did. The next day I came back, Travis with 35 connections on LinkedIn received 1,700 views on his post in the first 24 hours. It just doesn't even seem possible, does it? I mean, if, if you didn't know that, didn't aim for that, didn't get a little bit of help, pow, you'd have been in trouble. Because you think it's, oh, my network's not big enough. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with the network. Oh, the content's not good enough. It doesn't have much to do with the content. In the beginning, it has to do with that. Let me ask you a question. How many cat videos do you see on LinkedIn? None. None. Yeah. How many cat videos do you see on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? There's something else out there? Yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's all cat videos. Why don't you see cat videos on LinkedIn? Got a guess? Because people don't like them? <laughs> well, they must like them. Here's what happens. Somebody's crushing it on Instagram with their cat videos, right? Or TikTok. They're doing their TikTok videos. Right. They post it to LinkedIn and nothing happens. Or maybe they get a little bit and then nothing. The reason is, is because the LinkedIn algorithm has one aspect of how content's managed on LinkedIn. The other is a board of editors, human beings, get shown content that hits a trip, a, a, a tripping point, uh, if you want to right. call it that, where the content's starting to go viral. It gets handed to a human being who looks at that content and says, is this appropriate for our platform? Uh, no. Right. The person still has it on their, on their profile. Man, why is my cat video that crushed it on Instagram's because the content wasn't relevant and LinkedIn yeah. just shut it down. Well, I think that's good. And the reason I, I'm going to say this real quick and I'll get you back on point. But the, the thing is, 
I go to LinkedIn for a professional conversation. This is where professionals talk to each other. And if I want to talk about cat videos, I've got TikTok. I got Snapchat. Yeah, but there's 600 million people on LinkedIn. Oh, no, no, it would go it would go wacko if you didn't, right? It would be another Facebook. It would be another Facebook, and which means people don't who don't understand what's happening don't understand why LinkedIn is failing for them. Look, my cat videos are crushing it everywhere. Why is it failing on LinkedIn? Not thinking that, oh, I shouldn't be posting on LinkedIn because that's unprofessional. I know that's the answer I most often hear, mm. but most people who are posting cat videos aren't thinking that. Right. Nothing against cat video owners. I own cats, so no, nothing, <laughs> against, nothing against You're going to get yourself in trouble. But yeah. I got one other thing I need to share. Yeah. So you got one week to get contacts. You got th one hour to get comments. But the biggest thing that's killing people on LinkedIn and their performance, and this is something I, I managed it this morning with one of my executives. They had multiple posts they needed to put out, and I needed to, to manage this. LinkedIn has a throttle on how much content you can effectively share on their platform. You get one post every three to four hours. Hmm. If you share more often than three to four hours, they will hide the second post from 95% of your network. No one will see it. Wow. The first post might get a thousand views, four thousand views. So, I mean, that's excellent advice, particularly for someone who came out of Twitter who's trying uh -huh. to hit multiple time zones. You know, so on Twitter, I might post twenty times a day, but I realize if I'm trying to hit a global audience or and Twitter, no, they'll nobody will notice. They don't care, right? Yeah, they, no one they, will notice. It's okay. It just flies by. But in this case, on LinkedIn, if I tried to do the same thing, I might have done on another platform. It's just going to get lost. It's going to get lost, and I see it all the time. I see people who save up all their posts on Sunday night and then just bam, 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 bam. Especially salespeople who are sending out the press releases and the announcements from their company. Yeah. And they're getting maybe one like, maybe 10 views. Yeah. So that's, that is good advice. So that, and that was kind of this, in this first phase, it's learn how to use a tool, right? You said there's a three phase process. Number two is build the audience. Yeah. And you and to build the audience, you have to start engaging and sharing. And one of the things I point out is the power of comments on LinkedIn. If I post something, no, Scott posted something the other day. And if I was to share that on LinkedIn, LinkedIn would hide my post. Why? Because it's duplicate content. They're like, look, you're not adding anything to our platform by simply copying somebody else's post. Mm. But if I was to comment on Scott's post with real meaning and intent, contextually, make it mean something. Scott posts something and I respond and I comment, or let's suppose it's a podcast, this episode of the podcast. Right. I listen to it. Here's a question I had. I really like what they had to say here. Your comment will actually go into your feed. Again, this is very different than any other social media platform. When you tweet, tweet something, I like it, you get notified. Nobody else does. But when I comment on your post on LinkedIn, LinkedIn says, yeah, we'll notify the individual. But now we're going to educate your network about what it is that you have to say on this topic. You know, I've both noticed that and I find that valuable, right? Yes. Because if I look at something and I say, oh, Richard commented on that. I thought, well, this must be worth reading because yes. he's a high quality cat. So I will go back and find and either it was for me or it wasn't. But, you know, I'm in my network. I'm looking for folks that are trustworthy in terms of things they care about. Absolutely. And that's that comment that will drive more engagement and attention for your own personal brand. So what you do is you go find people who are really smart and go comment on their stuff with a really smart comment. Now their post will be pulled into your feed with your comment in front of your network. And your comment will be pulled into their feed with what you had to say about them. Suddenly, the very people you've been trying to influence, whatever business you might be in, 
If you start commenting on the posts that are coming from those people influential in that business, your brand will start to, the halo effect will kick in. Yeah. Your brand will start to be affected. So in this case, you said build your tribe, right? So, build your tribe. Yeah. Because um, So in that build your tribe phase then, I am, as I look to expand my sphere of influence, my yep. tribe on LinkedIn, I'm looking for other people who are like-minded or adjacent thinkers, folks that I would like to be part of my tribe and going out and finding some of their stuff so that I can find out if I can contribute to their conversations because that might bring them into a conversation with me. It will. It'll act, absolutely. Another audience, though, is what are my customers interested in? Start commenting on information content that my customers or clients will find interesting that are like-minded to them, even if it's a contrary opinion. Going out and beginning a conversation. So if I'm targeting a specific industry or market or geographical space, and I start going finding people to comment over there, the very people I'm trying to target as a client will start to see my content. You know, I've done things like this where my thing is there's somebody here in an organization that is I don't have a real good connection to to begin with. So I will find posts of theirs yep. and try to engage in a conversation. And I always feel like, if I could just get in front of somebody, I've always felt in the real life, if I get in front of somebody, we could have a conversation. I could find out if I'm for them or not. We could just figure that out, right? So to me, that's what LinkedIn allows me to do is go have a comment on someone else's post and they can determine whether I'm the kind of person they'd want to talk to or not. Absolutely. And here, here's what I teach salespeople is that if you send them an email, invite them to a meeting, ask them to take a phone call, you're making a demand on them. But if you comment on their content, or if you take a piece of their content and reference them using the at symbol to reference something they've said or done, you're giving them something without asking for anything in return. You're not asking them to open an email, to respond back, to take a meeting, nothing. You're simply giving them rep uh, recognition. Right. And it's an, it's an incredibly subtle and powerful uh, solution. I had it happen with a, uh, uh, a salesperson came to me, had a major account they were trying to get into. No, they had no contacts, but they said, I'm just going to cold call them. I said, I don't think that's a good idea. Instead, we found a post that this CIO, chief information officer at a major Silicon Valley company had made about a problem they had. Just so happened that this sales rep had a product that solved that problem. So he was going to cold call this chief information officer at this major multi-billion dollar company to try to sell him this solution. Now, I said, look, instead, and I opened up my LinkedIn right then, and I wrote, was recently reading an article by, and I tagged this individual. Now, I don't know that individual, right. but I was recently reading an article, and this is what this individual said. And then I quoted them. I cut and pasted and put their quote in there. This is interesting because... And then I turned to the, the salesperson, this company's customers are facing this dilemma on many fronts and they have a product that solved the solution. Here's the product. And it's really interesting that I saw this conversation, this comment from this individual, and here's how you solve the problem. And I posted yeah, it. Right. Now I am not involved in that conversation at all, but that individual that I tagged got notified right. that Richard Bliss mentioned you in a post. What's the first question he asked himself? What do you see about me? No, <laughs> that's not the first question. Right. Who's, for, Richard who's, who's Richard? Who's Richard Bliss? <laughs> <laughs> and then the second question is, what did he? What did he say? And right. he goes and clicks on it. I found out shortly afterwards uh, when I was in Raleigh two weeks ago that 
prospect turned into a customer on that product, um, whether it was me, I have no idea. Right. But I do know that is a way for you to penetrate the noise. It's a touch point. And it's, it, and it's, a, it's a conversational touch point. It is. I mean, I just think there's a real... I wasn't value. selling. Yeah. Right. Did he know I was stalking him? Actually, he didn't. He probably does now if he listens to the podcast. But the third one, let's talk about the third one before we run out of time. Yeah. Phase, so there was number three. one, master the tools. Number two, build the audience. Phase three is now where you take advantage and begin to leverage what you're doing. And there's two things that you need to use this for. Respond to crisis and uh, take advantage of opportunities. Every business, every individual is going to have some kind of crisis. I had one client who was a security company that had a data breach. When well, I went to work, look. that's a bad look, yeah. especially when you're managing your customer's data and then you have a data breach. Well, what happened was, is that I went to work for him, uh, helping him a year previous and we had built, got him to use the tools and we built up this audience. So the, the first day it was controlled by the trolls and the media and everybody. The second day we had him talking on Twitter and on LinkedIn and he took back control of the conversation. And he was able to respond in a way that the media, press, customers, partners, everybody was to see his authentic voice. It was authentic because they had heard him speak for the past year on a variety of topics, whatever it might have been. Some of right. them personal, some of them business. And that's goodwill. He's building good, not, not just expanding his audience, building his tribe. He's building goodwill. He's coming on somebody else's post. He's right. rewarding an employee. He's talking about a partner. He's looking at a customer. All of those things happened for a year. Then the crisis hit. And because he was in a position to be able to take advantage of that, we were able to manage the conversation in a way that otherwise it would have been managed through PR and differently. The other opportunity, though, is when opportunities present themselves, you now have an audience, a platform, and a reach. Just with some of the examples I've said, you can step into that. We go back to Tom Mendoza. He was retiring. Okay, well, the half a million people who looked at his post aren't necessarily going to do business. But Tom likes to, Tom's looking at writing a book. Tom likes to do public speaking. There's a lot of people who saw and heard and know what he got involved with, partly because we got him out there talking far beyond the network he had built up over his career. Right. And and so that created opportunities, which he could then explore. Yep. And that's the, the three phases. Master the tools, build the tribe, and then respond to crisis and uh, opportunity. Right. So <clears throat> I've got to think that having that tribe, you know, as you're going through that Phase two, that is creating opportunities of its own because, you know, you speaking about a thing in comments, in posts, et cetera, periodically showing yourself to be a subject matter expert means that there are people who are on the periphery of this going, oh, well, hold on a second, I've got that problem and that person can solve it. And that person seems to know it. And that's really where you called it the blackness. Yeah. They're out there, right? right? And you have no idea that they're watching. And it might be comments that you made. It might be videos that you post. There's a variety of things. Somebody asked me, because I launched my business about a year and a half ago, and somebody said, well, how are you getting leads? You know, What's your website? Well, one, I didn't have a website. And two, I don't actually prospect. My clients come to me because they see me doing my job, and they're like, yeah, I want to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's easy. And sometimes I've never heard of them, but they'll say, well, I watched your video or I heard this. I had one individual reach out to me that I hadn't spoken in years and say, well, I saw your video. I really want that. You know, I'd like to hire you. 
I hadn't talked to this person in 10, 15 years. I, I didn't even, I hadn't seen them on LinkedIn or Facebook anywhere, yet they came across my posts. And one of the reasons is, is this is different about LinkedIn. LinkedIn will actively try to align your content in a relevant nature with the audience on their platform. Unlike Facebook or Twitter that just right. kind of puts it out there, LinkedIn is looking for relevance. And so as I start talking about things that are relevant to a, a particular audience, they will put my content in front of that audience unbeknownst to me. Yeah. No, I, that is great advice. So let me ask you a question here at the end as we're getting kind of wrapping this thing up. But, you know, someone who is doing nothing today, what's, you know, you give them a plan for what they need to be doing. What's the next thing they need to be doing in the next week? And we realize they're going to be doing this every week, right? They're yes. going to be doing, they're going to be uh, learning the tools, building their tribe, taking advantage of opportunities and averting crisis all the time, every week, right? But what's something they ought to be doing? Some specific action right now. Step one is go back and listen to that episode of this podcast yep. about how to get your digital house in order, the five things. Right. Because people are going to start looking at you. Make sure you're not pitching yourself looking for a job, but you're actually pitching yourself as doing your job. Okay, that's we'll, we'll set that aside. So the first things they need to do is find something to comment on. Don't worry about posting. And I, I like the term, I, Phil, you and I were talking earlier, the heroic. I see so many of them get caught up in, oh, it's got to be a perfect post. It's my first one. Don't worry about that. Go find somebody Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to comment on. Now, on Wednesdays, find something that you can post on. There's three things I recommend you post on. One, post on your business. What am I doing in business? Yep. Number two, post on your community, the business community that you participate in. So, uh, Give the kudos, give the love. And then number three, post something on your own personal professional development. Here's what you don't do. And I see this all the time. You read a great article in Inc. Magazine, so you share it on LinkedIn. And that's it. I don't care about that article on LinkedIn, and I'm not going to read it. Right. What I want to know is why you found it interesting. Right. So I want you to tell me why I should read it. And that's what I ask people to do is to write at least 25 words that just says, I'm sharing this because I found this point, this point, and this point interesting. I think you might too. Great. But if you just, and then if you're going to share a video, which a lot of people do, then in the post, don't make me watch the video. Tell me what's in the video. And if you tell me in the post what's in the video, it will actually increase the likelihood that I'll watch the video. Great. Because if, I'm not going to go to a movie that I don't know anything about. Tell me, give me a trailer, give me something. Right. I mean, because the thing that I think we're realizing, right, the most valuable part of our lives is our time. We just don't, we're out of time. I mean, we're always, so if you can, die, if you, Richard Bliss, have gone through a video or an article and pulled out some nugget that I need to know, and exactly. I can figure it out by just scanning it. I am smarter and I am thankful and I am so glad that I didn't have to go watch a 45 minute video to pull that out, right? Exactly. And that's exactly. And you would be surprised how many people struggle with that. Oh, I want them to watch my video. No, you don't. You just want them to be a so you just want them to know what's in it and associate you with that. And so that's what I would recommend people do. Start commenting on other people's things and find one piece that they can share a week on one of those three topics, your business, your community, professional development. and your professional development. And find some guys who will comment on your post within an hour of making them. But, Scott, that's an interesting point that you make because 
as I tell people this is what they need to do, they're like, no, I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? Well, no, that feels funny. And I said, if we were sitting at a dinner party and you made something, a comment, would you expect other people on the table to comment? Absolutely. So invite people to your LinkedIn dinner party. Right. I'm going to post this. I'd love to get your perspective within the next hour. Would you mind sharing? And there's all of us, all of us who are willing to do it. And here's the thing. If you then send an email back to those people and said, but your comment generated 1,500 views on my post yesterday. Thank you for commenting. They're going to go, holy crap. I didn't even know I could do that. I what? didn't know I had that power. I did that. And yeah. now suddenly they're a believer. And the next yeah. time you ask or the next time they do it and they ask you, build your network of, of co-conspirators, your, right. your network of individuals that you can trust and you value their opinion. And that's how you'll make it work for you. Yeah. My guess is you only have to do that a few times. And eventually this is goes to autopilot because everyone realizes what you are doing and the value of it. And they want to be part of what that success, quite frankly. You, that's a valid point is that where does this go? Is it just building up views? No. As you get doing this, the algorithm starts to learn. It starts to put you in front of more and more people who are relevant. It sees that your content actually generates comments and engagement. It will start to treat your content differently. And more and more people now will be pulled into your sphere without you having to kind of prime the pump. Yeah, you know, I I have found leaving good, insightful comments with an opinion, not just good job. Well, uh, way to go. Congrats. One of the most powerful things you can do on LinkedIn. It works very, very well for building reputation, especially with a targeted audience, picking someone you're trying to influence or a potential customer and making a comment on their post that's smart. Boy, that's really the most effective way I can think of to, other than meeting them in person, to uh, get their attention and have them think, ah, there's a smart guy. Maybe I want to talk to him. Absolutely. Because we're all influenced by it. We all look for that little ding thingy at the top to say, oh, somebody, I got notified. What? What did they yeah. say? Right? No, I think it's lovely. I mean, it, it's the thing is, it's in some ways, it's much of the value, not all of it, but much of the value of a face-to-face conversation without any travel time. <laughs> it is. You know, it's asynchronous. Right. It's, it just works every way around. Richard, this is great. I love it. L- listen, I've got to believe that there's some folks out there who would like to get a hold of you when this is all done because maybe they're ready to uh, have they a little are. more. I don't know if you've got well, any time left. Well, I laugh because I say, well, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> That's why I laugh. Is that yes, if they want to reach out to me, it's just it's LinkedIn.com slash in slash bliss yep. is my LinkedIn. But find me. Uh I'm on Twitter, I'm social. Uh if it, yeah, and I'm more than willing. If you've got a, if they just have a quick question, I, I make myself available, right? And we'll just call it friends of the podcast. If somebody's listening and they're a fan of the podcast, you know, that feel free to reach out. And if they've got a quick question, follow up to this. I'd be more than willing. Leave the comment on the post when you post it on LinkedIn. Yeah, we'll, that'd be great. We'll, we'll see who uh, gets connected and maybe we'll build, generate a little interest in the podcast. There. And we want people to create a post on LinkedIn saying what they heard on this episode of the podcast. You don't have to link the podcast if you don't want to. You just make a post, say what you heard and get five to ten people to comment on that post within the first hour right. and see how it does. And let us know how you did. And, and Scott, great point. If they want to tag the three of us, feel free to tag us. Use that little at symbol yeah. and send a quick little you know, message that we'll get notified. And yeah. then we'll, we'll comment as well. 
So that's a, I think that's a great call out. Shout All right, out. so folks, you've got a mission. There you go. Um, you can help us help you and uh, maybe meet some interesting new people of your own. Uh huh. All right, thanks for listening and uh, come join us at one of our live events. Super easy to find us at techafter5.com. <laughs>